Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey, Matt Reister with CC Podcast Conversations. Andrew, here we are. Here we are, last day. Lexington, Kentucky, the Christian Products Expo. Today we're gonna hear a great interview with Christine Trimp. Christine wrote a great book about joy through the book of Luke that is intended to be used during Advent from December 1st to December 25th. Christine not only wrote that book, but she also has an amazing story of transformation, spiritual and emotional and physical transformation. Lost 100 pounds once she realized that she needed to get serious about the Lord instead of just being a casual Christian like she had for 50 years. Yeah, and I'm excited to hear this. I I know we saw... Uh, on paper, when we started looking at authors who were going to be here, we kind of saw um, the stuff about her, her keto, uh, her, the, the diet plan side of things, and, and we knew that there was going to be a crossover between that and Christianity, but it sounds like it turned, the interview turned out to be a whole lot more than that. So Yeah, make sure you check this interview out, enjoy it, and thank you, Christine, for being with us. I enjoyed our conversation, and I know everybody else will too. And to everyone tuning in, thanks for tuning in. everybody. It's Matt Reister. I'm at the Christian Products Expo in Lexington, Kentucky, and I'm with Christine Trimp. Rhymes with shrimp, even though there's an E at the end. Right. Don't be confused. Don't be confused. I've got a last name that people never say the right way either, so that's okay. Uh, You just learn to live with it, right? Yes. So uh, has the conference been good for you? This has been an amazing time. Is it your first time? I came to CPE last year just to get the lay of the land to see yeah. what it was like because I knew my first book was going to be published in the in the meantime. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to get to the book that uh, is your first book, which was published called Seeking Joy Through the Gospel of Luke, which coincidentally right now on the CC podcast Daily Dose Devotions, which is a sister podcast to this one, we're doing a Bible overview. And we're in the book of Luke, and I was just telling you before we hit record that Luke has become my favorite gospel. Absolutely. And you you agree. I love the gospel of Luke. I am a type A person, so I love that Luke set out to write an orderly account for us. You know what? I'm (laughs) not that organized, but that is what I love. Yes. I mean, because it's very orderly and very Mm -hmm. intentional. Mm -hmm. And I refer to that a few times, you know, our daily dose, we just take a section a day. And uh, we've been working through Luke now for a month or two. Anyway, we'll get to that book in a second. Yes. But what really kind of burst you onto the scene? You've had an amazing journey the last few years. and uh, <laughs> Yes. Well, first of all, thank you, Matt. I'm overjoyed to be here. So thank you for inviting me. I have been on an amazing, joy-filled journey the past six years. Uh, as I was approaching the age of 50, I started having some chronic health issues popping up that I just felt sick and tired every day. I had, I was morbidly obese, I had fatty liver disease, obstructive sleep apnea, just to name a few things. And finally, I got to the point, I was so exhausted every day, I just didn't know what to do with myself. I was facing my mortality, and I finally cried out to Jesus to help me, you know, to meet me in this place. I was sitting in church one Sunday morning and talked to my pastor, and I said, you know, I just, I can't be on the worship team anymore. My heart is just not in the right place right now. And at that, it was around the same time that God really met me um, so that he could get me to that right place. And after 49 years of living as a casual Christian, I finally, finally put all of it together and figured it out that I needed to strengthen my relationship with him. And I, I began doing that by getting in his word every single day. Describe to me what you mean by a casual Christian and doing that for 49 years. How do you continue in that for so long? Although I don't think that's that rare. Yes, exactly. I, it's my passion to explain this to people so that they can like maybe have their own light bulb moment. But yeah. I was raised in a Christian home. 
I went to church, you know, I grew up in the church. I grew up going to youth group. I grew up, you know, I thought that I was on fire for Jesus. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Berkeley, Michigan, which is just uh, northwest of Detroit. It's a suburb. Yes. So I grew up, I have a very close-knit group of friends that were all going to the same church, all going to the same youth group, and, you know, we did a lot of fun things. You know, it was, it was about socializing then, right? And then I went away to college, and even though my parents encouraged me to find a church, that was the last thing I was going to do when I was in Where'd college. Where did you go to college? I went to Adrian College in Adrian, Michigan. Okay. Yeah, it's a small private Methodist college. And so I went there, but I did not find a church. Um, so that's kind of when my drifting began. And then uh, I got married to my college sweetheart, and we started, uh, we moved back to Berkeley, started living there, and I just, I was very casual about my approach to church. My husband didn't want to attend with me. I would go occasionally. And then when I had children, uh, I have two kids, a son and a daughter, 29 and 25 right now. And I started taking them to church because I felt like it was the right thing to do. Like, and my parents would frown upon it if I didn't do that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I would occasionally take them to my church that I had grown up in, in the youth group and stuff. But I, yeah, I was not, you know, it was like if I didn't feel good, I wasn't going to go to church, you know, and it just wasn't a priority in my life. And even though I loved to sing, I started being active in the worship team, my heart just was not in it. So I had a very casual approach to my relationship with Jesus. Like maybe I would sit down and have coffee with him once in a while to, like I would go to a Tuesday night Bible study every other week. So I would sit down and do my cram my Bible study yeah. homework yeah. before I would show up. Yeah. So I would at least have something done, right? <laughs> so it was very, it was a very casual You said you're type A. You, you yeah. got to get those lists checked off. Yes, definitely. I had to, I didn't want to show up with nothing complete, with my homework not done, right? <laughs> so that's how I approached my time in the Bible. Would you say that you had faith in Christ, like saving faith in Christ before this epiphany you've had recently? Yes, I I definitely believe I was saved. I went to after school Bible program in elementary school and that was awesome. Wonderful women. I still remember they had a great impact on my life and again being type A, I I raised my hand every Tuesday that I wanted to be saved, right? (laughs) And I prayed the prayer with them every Tuesday because I wanted to make extra sure that I was saved. So I knew God's saving grace, but I was not walking it out. I was not living it out. Uh. And especially when I got to be, you know, feeling so unwell all the time. I, my attitude was so poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I did would be to grab my Bible to, you know, encourage myself. So yeah, it was, it was very casual and now it is very intimate. So there's definitely been That's a transition awesome. there. Yes. So, um, talk about how that kind of leads into what has happened the last few years. All right. So in my Uh, We're going to, as I mentioned, I was morbidly obese. So you can imagine for 30 years, I tried every man-made diet under the sun. You know, Weight Watchers, I joined them many times. Medical weight loss clinic, I even drank only protein shakes for 10 months. No food, no solid food other than protein shakes to try to lose weight. And I I did have some success in that, but I was always doing everything in my own power. Yeah. I was checking off the Weight Watchers points. I was tracking things. And I never invited Jesus into that journey I, because I, you know, I'm so type A, so controlling that I, if I just was able to check off the things on my spreadsheet that this weight loss was going to happen, and it never did. I didn't know how sick my heart was and how my mind was just so clouded. And you don't mean amazing. physically sick your yeah, heart was. My you heart mean spiritually was spiritually sick. sick. Yes, I was lacking spiritual health so badly. Um, and so, you know, it, it sounds very cliche that God used my health to get my attention, but that's exactly what he did. And then I realized that, you know, he created us uniquely. I was trying to heal my physical body, and I was ignoring my emotional health and my spiritual health. And I know God created us uniquely you know, as body, mind, and spiritual beings. And there's a lot in scripture about, you know, how uh, he wants us to care for each aspect of that in our health too. So that's how he got my attention and that's how he woke me up. And he actually started giving me more energy every day so that I could wake up and get in the word. And he started waking me up at 5 a.m., which is the craziest thing in the world. I used to need my sleep, never wanted to get out of bed because I was always so exhausted. 
Wow. Yeah. And so talk more about the connection between physical, spiritual, emotional healing. Yes. Well, you know, I, I contemplate, I knew the verses. I grew up knowing the verses that God wants us to you know, offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. And I never really quite knew what that meant. Um, but now that I go all over scripture, um, I can see that God, you know, he's my great provider. He provides everything I need. And he has helped me emotionally through scripture to be able to have a different mindset when it comes to the way I, I food was my idol. Mm. I mean, that is what I use to comfort myself. So that was the idol in my life that I really needed to take to the foot of the cross and lay down and count on God to be my provider. Um, one of my favorite verses in scripture is Psalm 4, and it's a Psalm of David where he talks um, in verse 7, he says, fill my heart with joy when your grain and new wine abound. David's talking about how God completely can fill your heart with joy. And no matter what happens, no matter if you have an abundance of food sitting in front of you or if you're in a season of drought you know like we, we read about so much in scripture too yeah. you know they had to they didn't have anything i was just in the book of haggai the other day yesterday morning in chapter one the israelites were focusing so much on building their lives they were called to rebuild the temple they were focusing so much on their lives rebuilding their homes and you know god they at that time in chapter one, if you go and look at that, their their food was scarce. They're, you know, they were kind mm. of in a drought season. So mm. um, he, he used that to call them back and say, hey, I called you to rebuild this temple. And yeah. so, so scripture is so rich with that, like calling us back to like, you know, he wants us to be in such a deep relationship with him that we just completely depend on him. He's rebuilding, um, calling us to rebuild our lives and that's exactly what he did he opened up my eyes to all of that in scripture and helped me rebuild my relationship with him helped me restore my physical health yeah he wants us to live longer and stronger for him right yeah. and i was facing my mortality and i was like there has to be a better way and and he showed me that better way so that's awesome yeah so then you started to show up like get it tension from places you weren't expecting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess when you go through this massive weight loss journey, people start taking notice. Can I just ask you, this yes. is probably an inappropriate question, nope. but like <laughs> massive weight loss, like what are we talking here? 100 pounds. Well, I lost a little over 100 pounds. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it, it is. And um, yeah. As it was happening, were you thinking like, I can't believe this was possible? Oh, absolutely. Because I tried for 30 years and I failed. You know, I felt like a failure over and over and over again. Yeah. Yes. Because, wow. Yeah. So then you start being noticed. Yes. Okay. So um, after my diagnosis of, uh, I was having a lot of abdominal pain. So I had a diagnosis of ovarian cyst and that's when the fatty liver disease was found. And that's mm -hmm. when I started getting scared because I knew fatty liver could turn into eventually cirrhosis of the liver. But yeah. fatty liver is reversible. So I started going down these rabbit holes of, um, and asking God, you know, lead me, what am I supposed to do? And I learned that uh, what was happening to me was all about my hormones. And so I started learning about my hormones and I learned that sugar is a major hormone disruptor. So I started on a journey, a quitting sugar journey, and that's how the massive weight loss began. And then I started, as the weight loss was happening, people kept coming to me like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and so I began to sit down and have coffee with them and explain what was happening. And I've had a lot, quite a lot of friends that have also followed in my footsteps and done the same thing by, you know, eating, uh, first I quit sugar and then I eventually landed on a low carb lifestyle or keto lifestyle with um, intermittent fasting implemented as well. So I learned... Um, it was such a gift from God that he taught me that, you know, this is part of laying down my food idol. I was able to learn how to eat correctly for my metabolism. Yeah. And it's whole food, like from his bounty, from his smorgasbord. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's all real food. And that's what I was missing all those years. So, like, I have had the metabolism of a racehorse <laughs> from the time I was born. I'm tall and I'm not as lanky as I used to be. I could afford to lose a few pounds, 10, 20 pounds mm -hmm. maybe I'd feel good about. Mm -hmm. um, but because my metabolism is so fast or has been, I never in my life 
looked at the nutrition on anything I ate. I just, and I still kind of eat whatever I want. Now I'm paying a little bit of attention and I also never implemented any regular exercise. I'm not terribly disciplined and I don't really want to become disciplined <laughs> in that way. But, but as I hit, I'm 46. And so my metabolism's slowing down and you can just kind of sense like, oh no, like this lack of habit in my life and the way things are changing, this is gonna catch up with me. So I'd like to nip it in the bud a little bit, but I'd like yes. to do it as painlessly as possible and, and without giving up as many comforts as I, as, as I can, or keeping as many right. comforts as I can. Yes. And so the idea of, I, I've read some, I'm not like a health nut, not, okay. even, not even close. Okay. Um, but I've read enough to know like sugar's bad. Yes. Carbs are rough. Yes. I love bread. Yeah. I love sugar. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I knew we were going to do this interview, is help me out here. Like, what okay. can I do that is the easiest, simplest, least painful thing to kind of just help myself out? Well, I would encourage. <laughs> Ask Jesus to help. Yes. First of all, you are what I call one of those people. Who, like yeah. you have that metabolism and I just look at you people and I'm like, how, how have God created us so different, right? Yeah. yeah. So you've got that. You have been blessed by that metabolism. You yeah. Know? But it does start to catch up with you as we age, right? Yeah. So it is really important. I, I love to encourage people to, to try to switch to the 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 whole source of the food, you know, try to read ingredient labels, stay away from foods that have extra added ingredients, you know, like sugar. They put sugar in everything. When it, when the diet industry switched to the low fat fad, they flavored everything with sugar. You know, they have, to, if they're taking the fat out, they got to do something they do to something. compensate yeah, for it. So I really believe that is a huge factor in our obesity epidemic. The low fat stuff isn't, yes, isn't yes, low fat. Right, exactly. Because uh, what I learned, um, when I began my quitting sugar journey, and especially when I landed on the keto lifestyle of the insulin hormone and your blood sugar. Now you could be somebody with a perfectly normal blood sugar across the board, and uh, but you still, as you start aging, you start slipping into this, oh, I better start paying attention to what's going on. Because yeah. insulin is your fat storing hormone. And when you eat a higher carbohydrate diet, every time you eat, you're spiking your insulin hormone. And then if your cells get overloaded, um, then you know they do, doesn't have any place else to go, so it's being stored, you know, as excess fat. And when you when you fuel your body for the day, the first thing that you're going to burn off. Well, first you would if you you know drink beer or wine. Uh, first thing that burns off for energy is alcohol, and then the second thing that burns off is glucose, which is the sugar in your body. And if you're trying to lose weight, the next thing that is going to burn off is fat for fuel. But how do you get to burning fat for fuel? Yeah, get rid of the other like, stuff. You gotta get, you gotta lower the other stuff, and yeah. So I really encourage people to. It's very eye-opening when you start reading ingredient labels of the food that you get in the grocery store. Yeah. And another great thing to do, Matt, is to focus on shopping the perimeter of the grocery store because that's where you're going to find your whole foods, your dairy, your eggs, your meat, your vegetables, your produce. Interesting. That's, yes. And I rarely go down the aisles in the grocery store. Is that store. a thing people in health circles talk about? Um, the perimeter of the grocery I've never yes, heard of that, but yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'll go down the aisles like to grab some pickles or mustard, low carb items like that coffee, tea. What about hostess cupcakes? No, no. Those are, <laughs> those are definitely not on the perimeter of the grocery store, but they might be on some end caps. So you have to, you know, be you, careful. Have, you have to look straight ahead and <laughs> go straight for the grocery store perimeter. But yeah, you can start doing that. I really encourage you to read labels and I, try to cut back on the sugar as much as you can. With tongue in cheek, I yeah. always say this is largely my wife's fault because if she prepared our food and put it in front of me mm -hmm. and it was only healthy and didn't bring anything unhealthy into the house, I'd be good. Yes. But if there's something in the pantry that looks better than carrots or broccoli mm -hmm. or <clears throat> meat, mm -hmm. you know, I, and I do love meat and cheese, so that's good. Yes. But uh, come on, Jen, she needs to step up her game and help <laughs> me out. <laughs> Actually, she's way healthier than me. She already is like kind of after me about this stuff, okay, so I'm totally good. joking. But. All right, good. Well, I live with two carboholics too in my house. So Still? Yeah, I, I try to get my husband and my son. Uh, my son's 
actually doing really well right now eating low carb but my husband he once he went back into the office he started he started slipping back into some old habits yeah so yeah it's and they, and they know they they've seen me i'm more of a uh lead by example type of person there we go you're not yeah. nagging too much no i definitely am that's not. good yeah I, if you've been in scripture a lot the last several years you know that proverbs says a nagging wife is like a dripping faucet you don't yes. want you want to do that exactly exactly <laughs> yep that's, yep that's what that's uh that's a good one so you're starting to get noticed mm-hmm. and in your profile is expanding in some crazy ways you, yes like it you was, said photo shoots and magazine articles and <laughs> tell was, us about all that it was crazy so the first website that i landed on to learn about the low carbon keto lifestyle is called dietdoctor.com and they are a very large website. They get millions of hits, maybe even millions of hits a day, I don't know. But uh, I landed on a very short video series on there uh, by Dr. Jason Fung, who is another person that I follow. Um, He wrote the Obesity Code, Unlocking the Keys to Your Obesity. It's a really, really excellent book, changed my life. But, very short video series and he's the one that taught me more about the insulin hormone and all of that and how fasting is helpful like I was eating breakfast when, and I wasn't even hungry I was eating breakfast because I was in the American Diabetes Association's diabetes prevention program and you're like you have to eat five to six times a day I was doing that and that was the exact opposite of what I needed to do but anyhow diet back to dietdoctor.com uh, very large website and I they share success stories and one of the things that really kept me motivated during my journey was reading these success stories yeah, awesome. it's crazy some of the things that these people lived with and now they're no longer living with because they switched to a low carb lifestyle so I decided uh, people encouraged me to share send my story to them so I did and it got a a lot of recognition on their website. Awesome. It was the the number two success story of the year as far as um, readers reading it. Wow! And so they they feature it a lot, and that and a lot of journalists go on there. So a bunch of journalists found my stories and reached out to me and like, we want to write a story about you for Women's World. We want to feature you in First for Women magazine about your wow. fatty liver disease, and we want to do this and Reader's Digest and. Yeah, so I started, I actually had to go in for a magazine shoot and like make hair. Where was this at? It was, uh, they actually set me up with a photographer in my area locally. Yeah, so I had to go to her, but that was very weird. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I have a new appreciation for professional models. Let's just put it that way because it it was very intense, but but fun, you know. And then the huge blessing about these featured articles is they they always let me put my website link in there wow and jesus is woven my first website that i started was called joyful keto life and it was mostly about the lifestyle but jesus is woven in every single blog post every single thing that i do in there you know i give god the glory for this transformation story so so lots of visitors come into that website were you talking to me off the recording or have you said it on the recording, the atheist guy that helped you get oh, your blog going. Yes. Did you yeah. talk about that on the recording? No, I didn't. That's amazing. I'll tell, tell that. I'll tell that story because this is completely crazy. Uh, so even though my family was encouraging me to share my story through uh, a website or something like that, I worked full time. So I'm just thinking, how am I going to do all this, right? So I was on Twitter. There's a very engaged community on Twitter in the low carb lifestyle, and this one man was following me and I posted something and he had been, he told me, I've been following you from a distance, you know, he was lurking. And then one day he direct messaged me and he said, your story has to be shared. You need a website. You need to just start putting out content to help people because you're helping people here on Twitter and you need to just, you know, you need to grow and expand. And I'm like, I don't know anything about building a website. Yeah. Uh, This man gave me hours and hours and hours of free advice and he was very upfront he said I'm an atheist I know that you're a Christian we don't believe anything I mean like we don't have anything in common with that and I would as we worked together you know exchanged information and he helped me build this website I'm like I'm praying for you and how are you doing today you know and what can I pray for you and and he um, yeah and then as soon as he came into my life as my website was established he just as quickly disappeared from my life. Wow. Yeah, it was, 
you know, and I would go and try and find him on Twitter sometimes, and he wasn't real active anymore. Um, I eventually found out that he passed away. Wow. Yeah, and I got in contact with his brother, and I told his brother this story, too, and his brother was like, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm just... Thank you for sharing that with me. Wow. So, yeah. It was interesting. It was interest, very interesting. So that helped you get your website going. Yes, I got my website And going. you're able to link this website in these articles. Yes, yes. And so your profile is going up and up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like getting attention that way. And um, You said you had a full-time job. What, yes. What, what's your job? I, I have a Bachelor of Business Administration degree. Uh, my emphasis in my career was accounting. And so I worked in corporate America for 32 years. Uh, uh, my most recent job, uh, I worked for a physician organization for about the last 20 years. Okay. Yeah, I was a controller of an, that organization. And uh, God eventually called me out of that. I've been out of that now for 18 months. I'm, I'm Just working. Just doing this stuff? Yes. Now I work full-time for Jesus. Yes. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> right? Yes. Awesome. I was so blessed to be able to do that. Because that working in corporate America and, and feeling the call from... God to, you know, share this message, get out there and share this message. It was getting very stressful. Uh, the job was stressful, not being called by Jesus. And, and he just blessed me with the opportunity to be able to That's awesome. just quit my corporate career. Yeah, it was amazing. So you said you thought your first book that you would write was going to be about all this stuff. Right. I, I definitely thought, and in fact, I have quite a bit of it written you know, um, about restoring my body and renewing my mind, redeeming my spiritual walk and mm-hmm. how it all comes together. I really want to encourage people, you know, to put all the pieces together, you know, so, and to share my story with some tips on lifestyle changes and, but, you know, most, most truly it's about the heart transformation. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was going to be my first book, but it didn't, it didn't happen that way. <laughs> it, that's going to be coming though sometime. Yes, my agent is actually pitching that book very soon. It's in the final editing stages right now. So cool. Yes. yes. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So instead, this is your first book, uh, Seeking Joy Through the Gospel of Luke, A Christmas to Calvary Advent Countdown. Yes. So tell us about this. You said you wrote it during COVID. I did. I did. I started uh, back to the blog. I started blogging through the Gospel of Luke in 2018 because it was something I enjoyed doing counting down to Christmas in the month of December. Luke has 24 chapters, so on December 1 I would read Luke 1, and I just felt inspired in 2018 to just share a little blog post about it, share something inspiring from the Gospel uh, to help readers stay focused on the true meaning of Christmas. Uh. So I did short blogs in 2018 and 2019 and then about in October of 2020 you know I looked around and I knew what was coming. I knew that we were not going to be spending Christmas with my elderly parents. I knew that it was going to be very isolated. I knew the world was hurting and the lyrics, my favorite Christmas song is Oh Holy Night. The lyrics The Weary World Rejoices kept replaying over and over in my mind and God reminded me that he had just given me this amazing gift of joy like I finally the first time in my life um, through this health and healing journey with him I finally understand what true joy is yeah and he's like and he encouraged me to write longer blog posts like chapter write chapters and I'm like oh my goodness that means I'm, I'm gonna have to write a lot every day right <laughs> I, didn't know I was gonna do that but I did it, and um, and then like midway through December, uh, Lord impressed on me that this could be a book because it's going to be enough material to be a book. Yeah. So in January, I started reaching out to some people in this industry that I had connections with, and asked them, I'm like, do you think this could be a book? And um, the people at Redemption Press thought it could be a, a great book for the Advent season, and so we were able to get it into a book. Um, between January and October of 2021, and it published in, in October 2021. Cool. So it's yes. been out for a little less than a year. Yes, we had one Christmas season last season with it, and yeah, it was, it was awesome. Awesome fun. Yes. You said that. Uh, just to kind of go back a second. You said that through this transformation, the Lord helped you understand what true joy is. Yes. What is true joy? Oh, true joy for me is being in. Uh, deep and intimate relationship with him and another thing that he taught me through this journey is after I got to my weight loss transformation um, which was amazing 
uh, my family started going through a really difficult trial. Mm. And uh, my son was in a car accident. He has a traumatic brain injury. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, we thought he was okay because he didn't have to have emergency surgery. He was rear-ended at 70 miles per hour on oh. the expressway. So we were just rejoicing in the fact that he was alive. Yeah. Uh, we didn't know how devastating a TBI could be. So we've been going through this with him. And what I learned through this process is that I had this joy when I got to my weight loss goals. I was like on top of the mountain and you couldn't stop me from sharing about Jesus's joy. Wow. And then I went through this really hard season. And so I know that uh, true joy is something that you carry with you every day in a deep and intimate relationship with Jesus because I have had to carry this joy and the sorrow at the same time. Yeah. So you can still have this joy in the Lord despite all of the setbacks, despite all of the difficult things we've faced. Um, I always, first and foremost, choose joy, and I can yeah. do that by getting into his word first thing every morning. And you know what? He speaks to us about joy even in the, the hardest scriptures. You, know, yeah. you can always find God's gift of joy there. So it really is about that, that deep heart transformation and, and something that you have to carry with you every day and, and choose it every day, too. Some days, you know, sometimes you really have to make that choice. Yeah. That you're going to choose joy. Joy, I've heard people say, is is not the same as happiness. No. A lot of times they get thrown together, but happiness is dependent on circumstances. Exactly. And yes. joy is... Despite your circumstances. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. it. Yes, definitely. So keep telling us about this book then. All right, so Seeking Joy Through the Gospel of Luke. It, is, it became a book last year. And it was so fun last year to um, share it with the world um, because, like I said, the lyrics of the weary world rejoices. Even in 2021, we were still weary. Yes. All this COVID chaos that was going on in the world. Uh, so on December 1, the reader is asked to read Luke chapter 1. And so since there's 24 chapters in Luke, we're going to yep. count down to Christmas Day. So read Luke 1 on December 1, and then there's a little devotional that goes with it. And yep. we're going on a joy-seeking mission. All right, so you have to, readers, you have to find joy in the gospel. I give a little inspirational, joy-filled devotional, and then there's, you know, there's some pondering questions at the end of each chapter to make them think a little bit deeper about where did they find the joy in the in the gospel and then how can that translate to their, their world around them. So how are they going to impact the world around them that day? So, and it goes through the 24 chapters. And then I, I had to write chapter 25 because I had to say Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and leave them with some, you know, the good news of great joy to remind them, um, okay, now here's your charge. And this is not just for the Christmas season, um, but people are, I, I find, I don't know if you find this too, Matt, but I find that people are more receptive to, you know, hearing about the true meaning of Christmas at, at Christmas time. Even not, you know, I'm talking about unbelievers or non-believers or people yeah. of a different faith. Um, I live in a heavily populated Jewish community and they're, they're very supportive and they're always saying Merry Christmas and things like that yeah. too. So I find people are more receptive and so it really is a, a challenge to go through the, the Gospel of Luke during Christmas season and the devotional and, and make sure that you you are speaking. Um, I like to say seek joy and speak joy. You know, and you can't go out and speak joy. You can't make a positive impact on the world around you if you're not seeking it first, you know. And so, yeah. Yeah, so do that um, and just, just be a you know, just be a source of light and a source of joy in this hurting world. So one thing that I'm having a hard time with that you're going to have to help me with is on day two, mm -hmm. I'm going to read the Christmas story, mm -hmm. but we don't get to Christmas until the 25th. So like, it's, <laughs> right. you, you know, we've been so indoctrinated with yes. Christmas is Luke 2. Right. We read it 15 times, you know, in the lead up to Christmas. Right, right. That's all we read yes. in scripture. And so... How did you, it, it seems like the climax is so early in the month, <laughs> right. and then you got to just yeah. vet this thing out. How did out. I work that out with the readers, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, one thing I've learned by being in the Word every day for these past six years is that it's all one big story, yeah. right? Yeah, amen. You know? so, so we celebrate Christmas at Christmas time. We celebrate <clears throat> Easter and Calvary at Easter time, but uh, just to get the reader's mind, you know, 
focused on the fact that it is one great big story and don't miss out on the important part of like Christmas I feel like people sometimes don't know like well what comes next yeah so I I loved the the gospel of Luke on how it you know it just continues through Jesus's entire life yeah and I love how Luke starts with joy in chapter one yeah. you know John leapt in the womb with joy yeah and then it ends with joy one of the very last verses in Luke 24 is the disciples going out with joy you know Jesus leaves leaves them that charge yeah so, so this joy is not just meant to be for Christmas season. So let's learn about the entire life of Jesus. Let's understand yeah. that it is a complete story. And let's, you know, remember that in the day-to-day situations so that you carry that joy with you, not just at Christmas time, but every day. You said Luke has become your favorite gospel. Yes. And it's my favorite gospel. Mm-hmm. And you know what's interesting? I always thought John was my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I, I do love John. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I, I love all the Gospels. I mean, it's all God's Word. But, but for the reason that you said a while back and that we said was uh, the orderly account mm-hmm. that Luke writes for Theophilus. So this is written in a very systematic way, yes. in a purposeful way to convince a Greek guy or a Roman guy, mm-hmm. a, a Gentile, yes. that the things that have been reported to him about Jesus are reliable. I love that. So the guy's making a case for Jesus, for the gospel. And then of course it being Luke and Acts are basically counterparts. Yes. They're yes. two yes. parts of the mm-hmm. same book, same author. Yes. And um, so I just love the, maybe the intellectual or the, the, the reasonableness, the, you know, the reasoning that he lays that out with. Um, what's, what's your favorite part of Luke? Do you, are, are there portions or stories or texts that are particularly yes. meaningful for you? Yeah, I have, I have a couple passages, but one I really like to talk about is uh, the, the book is uh, more marketed towards women. But I did have quite a few men that read it and enjoyed it too. But I love Luke 10 where Jesus goes to visit Mary and Martha. And uh, because Chris, another part of my heart is to make sure that women are in the word every day, right? And then in the month of December, sometimes that falls by the wayside, yeah. which is tragic. You know, Because they're Martha Martha-ing. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, you just took my line. No, Martha, no. Yeah, Martha Martha. So Martha Martha goes to Jesus to complain about her sister just sitting there doing nothing, you know. And the and ladies, the way I can remember this is, you know, the Martha Stewart. Like Martha Stewart is the completely hospitable one, you know, and she's got everything lined up. So the, think of Martha as Martha Stewart. And she goes and complains to Jesus about Mary just sitting at his feet. And um, I love to encourage women through that story about the distractions that we have in our life. We have yeah. so many distractions in our life. And it wasn't, you know, that was a huge part of my journey, too, was finally learning how to put those distractions aside and just sit at Jesus's feet. Now, of course, we do have to do the preparations, yeah. but we have to prioritize, you know, what what's our priority is are we, for example, in my healthy health and wellness coaching, I make sure to talk to the women like, we can't prioritize getting up and going to the gym over getting up and spending time in God's word. Yeah. Okay, so that has to be our priority. So um, what Martha was doing, I felt like she was distracted. Now, of course she went to Jesus, who's the perfect person to go and complain to because you know he, he could hear her heart and he was able to redirect her and, and that's what we need to do. But I love, I love that reminder. I love that story that um, women, we need to sit at the feet of Jesus first thing before we let all these distractions take over our life. Because Christmas, obviously, holiday season is very distracting for, with us. We have a lot of responsibilities. We want to make sure that the preparations are done and that our families have fond memories. Um, but one thing I learned, um, one important lesson I learned through this, especially in COVID, when we were isolated and we weren't having a big dinner with our extended family, is that I, since I had laid my food idol down at, you know, at, at the feet of Jesus, I didn't have to, I, no longer, and I don't have to worry about that we have the best casserole or that the, yeah. you know, we have the biggest turkey or we have this or this, grandma's bringing this pie or that pie or whatever. Uh, I 
the one thing I loved about 2020 is that, I mean, we could have eaten leftovers and we wouldn't have cared less. You know, it was just me and my children, to yeah. get, my husband and my children at that time. And it was very sad that we weren't with extended family. But yeah. it really, I think everybody, I think everybody can agree that there is some appreciation for that slowdown of yeah. that season. There were some benefits that came out of that. So I like to picture Mary just sitting at Jesus' feet in yeah. Luke 10. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that came to mind while you were talking it related to something we were talking about earlier is that I think the church schedule sometimes gets in the way. Sometimes it serves us well. You know, the Easter, Pentecost, blah, blah, oh, I gotcha. Advent, okay. Christmas, mm -hmm. because you get locked into this cycle mm -hmm. and then you never really, you know, if you're not in the word, Yes. Daily, doing your own study, and you're just relying on the church to lead you through Scripture, you're going to stay in this kind of cyclical rut. And I'm not saying there's no value to it, but I think that its value is overblown, and I think there are downsides to it. And, and I remember the first Easter, the first COVID, the first year of COVID at Easter time. Mm. That's right when it was pretty much everyone was on the most heightened alert. Remember, they, yes. no one had church on Easter. Right which is unheard of. Right. But I remember thinking, man, what a blessing that was mm. because it forced Christians who are serious about the Lord to realize I don't need to get dressed up mm -hmm. and have the church decorated to the nines mm -hmm. and all these Easter music and all the pomp and circumstance. That is good. I mean, it's good that we celebrate Easter the way we do. But I think it was great for us to have to not have any of that and be left with the question, so can you celebrate the resurrection now? Yes. Right. And the answer is for the true believer, of Absolutely, course. Yes. And in some ways, in a more meaningful way, because yes. you're not distracted by all that other crap. Mm -hmm. That's right. kind of what you're saying with Christmas, yes. which yes. reminded me of the, just the kind of church cycle, the, the church calendar, which I think sometimes is a disservice because we don't, we only read Luke 2 on December 25th. We don't read Luke 2 on December 2nd. Right. And right. then move on to the rest of Luke. Right, right. I mean, I, I love what you've done with that. Mm -hmm. um, and hope and trust that it's, uh, like you said, helping people see the bigger story. Yes. The whole story. Yeah, and to get to know this Jesus. Yeah. You know, the, the baby that was born of the virgin birth and came to this earth. You know, it's more than just, you know, the shepherds showing up and then the yeah. wise men a few, few years later. Like, okay, so what's the purpose? And I had a lot of people that read it, too, that um, may have not gone beyond the Christmas story. You know, yeah. like, what is this big purpose? Yeah. I have a, one other story to share about a man in Ireland that read my book, and he's a Twitter friend of mine as well, and I love his story. He, uh, we're very friendly on Twitter, and I love this man. He, he sent me because he, he's Catholic, so he went and got his First Communion Bible out of his closet. Okay, And he's a little bit older than me, so he's probably maybe late 50s, early 60s. He went and got his Bible out of his closet that he hadn't touched in years. Wow. But he knew the Gospel of Luke was in there. And he sent some pictures to me, some screenshots from inside of his Bible. And he was in tears because that Bible had been given to him by his illiterate father. Wow. But his father had written enough in there that it just brought this man to tears. And he was like, thank you so much. I never would have went and picked up this Bible. Um, if you hadn't encouraged me to, you know, go on this, this journey with you in December. Wow. And he kept in touch with me the whole month, how much he was appreciating the Gospel of Luke, how much he was learning, and him and his wife reconnected with the church, and how he was going to continue to stay in his Bible. So I, I love that story. I mean, that I know if it was just that one yeah. reason that I wrote that book, yeah. you know, and I always, like, when I'm writing or sharing blog posts or doing anything, First and foremost, I focus on the one, Jesus, you know, yeah. what is, what, and Holy Spirit, what are you wanting me to write and to share with the world? And then I think about that one reader. Yeah. And, and that's all that matters. If it can impact one person's life, that's that's all that matters. You're, there have been multiple authors that have sat here this week and, mm -hmm. and said exactly that. Yes, yes. And I, I think it's cool to have that kind of a, mm -hmm. 
um, you know, you're not trying to be the biggest thing in the world ever, New York Times bestseller. <laughs> you're just trying to yeah. impact lives and be yes. faithful to the Lord. Yes, exactly. So exactly. Um, I was thinking about one of my favorite texts in the book of Luke is Luke 14, 25 through 33. That's the cost of discipleship. Okay, yes. And Jesus gives three criteria for anyone who'd be his disciple. First, you have to love me more than anyone else in your life. Uh, second, you have to bear your cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. And third, you have to renounce all you have. Mm-hmm. And in between that is those parables of the man building the tower who didn't count the cost or the king going to war who didn't count the cost. This is all fresh in my mind because literally just finished up with that text at the end of last week's devotions on the daily dose. But as I hear your story about being a casual Christian your whole life and then getting serious, yes. It reminds me of one of the things we talked about on on that on those episodes in that text, which is there are a lot of people who believe in Jesus as savior over here and they benefit from that. They get the benefits from knowing Jesus as Savior, like salvation and forgiveness and the Holy Spirit and peace and purpose and all these benefits from Jesus as Savior. But over here, we've got Jesus as Lord, who requires us to surrender to him, to submit to his authority, and, and lays out pretty high standards for what it means to serve him as Lord, as that text does with those three criteria. Yes. And in the Bible, there's not a whole lot of room I don't know of any category of believer who is only a, a follower of Jesus as Savior, a believer in Jesus as Savior, but who is not surrendered to Jesus as Lord. Scripture in the New Testament assumes that people who are true disciples of Christ are both committed to Jesus as Lord and believe in Him as Savior. Yeah. And your story mm-hmm. highlights that maybe bifurcated view. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, that, that's, it goes back to the casual Christianity, you know, and, and I would just like to encourage anyone listening that life is just so much sweeter and so much filled with so much more joy when you do truly uh, surrender to him. I, I, that's part of my health coaching. Um, it's, my health coaching is mostly first and foremost spiritually based. Yeah. All right. And I ask these women, they have, you know, are you, you have to make a choice. All right. And we're going to go on this, this journey of surrender and sacrifice. And it's going to be a beautiful sanctification story, you know, and, and we're never, you know, we're never going to reach the end until we get to heaven, which is going to be so, excuse me, so joy filled, but absolutely there. And and through this journey, like I mentioned, being created uniquely, body, mind, and spirit, you know, God created us to be the hands and feet of him. And my life is so much richer now that I have completely, you know, not every day, you know, I have to continue and go back and surrender, you know, certain things at the cross. Um, seems like sometimes I, I surrender it. And, and then I go back take and it back. take it back I down, know. right? Yeah, <laughs> okay. I know. But, you know, so that sanctification journey is is, is a daily journey. Um, but, yes, um, my life is just filled with so much more joy and having the understanding of true joy. And also, all, you know, all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like another big one for me is self-control. I, yeah. I ha- and God gives me that now. I didn't know that he gave me that gift uh, when I was trying in vain all those years to be healthy by man's standards. Yeah. And it wasn't in truly, I, in truly, until I wanted to be truly healthy by God's standards that I learned, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, understanding, kindness. I used to not even be a very kind person. If I was in public and somebody gave me the wrong change at the cash register, I would get grumpy with that person, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, those, just those little things are how God yeah. can transform your heart and transform your life when you do surrender at the cross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the cost of discipleship, we view it wrong when we think it's all about cost because mm-hmm. the benefit yes. of the cost, I mean, when we surrender to Christ as Lord, it's not like, oh, I'm giving up this, I'm giving up that, I'm giving up control, I wish I was in control. <laughs> it's, it's for our own good. Mm-hmm. Like, the Lord as our ruler is way better than ourselves as the ruler, uh-huh. right? So, um, 
Here's the book, and I was just noticing this picture on the front. Yes. I love this picture. That's you, right? Yes, that's and, me. And I mean, it obviously is a, a picture of joy. You've got your hands up. But I think yes. the look on your face is just like a peaceful confidence, isn't it? Yes. And and, yes. and that's something that comes with joy as well. Just yes. kind of a, a confidence yes. in the Lord. Has confidence changed for you? I oh. mean, if you're overweight and you're feeling like you failed all the time, yes. you know, like you described, and now you've been transformed and there's just this steady confidence. Exactly. And actually, <laughs> confidence is my word of the year for 2022. Oh, cool. So I love to, to um, contemplate with the Lord, you know, what do you have for me this year? And I needed a lot of confidence in our personal family trial that we were going through this year. So that really helped. But yes, absolutely. Confidence in Christ. The family situation is not working out how we expected it at all. Um, but I know that God is in control and he has my family in his care. He cares for my son way more than I can yeah. ever care for him. And I am confident of that. And yes. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, that picture. Um, funny story about that. I live in Michigan, so we had snow. Fortunately, that's yeah. real snow in the picture. <laughs> okay. And uh, we went out, me and my photographer friend went out two days to try to get one picture that worked <laughs> without a bunch of snow in my face but yeah it, it was, looks good it was doesn't a it? Lot of fun and it and I hope it does express joy because that is truly um, what you know God has changed my life given me this gift of, of great joy that I can't help but share the goodness of great joy to a weary world awesome mm -hmm. Christine Tramp seeking joy through the gospel of Luke at Christmas to Calvary Advent countdown thank you for your time and God's blessings on this, hope it goes well, and then on the other book that's yes. in the hopper. Thank you, thank you so much, Matt. It was, it was delightful to be here with you today. Awesome. The CC Podcast Conversations is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.